Hi, you're listening to In Debt with Ulrika Lobo. I've got a special guest here, Adam Kreiner. He's an insolvency practitioner, and we're going to be talking about tax debt. We have a few options to offer directors who have been issued a director penalty notice, and you're going to be getting the lender's perspective for the refinancing options. And the insolvency practitioner's perspective. For restructuring. I guess what we want to start with is the fact that the ATO has been recovering debt and they've been going after a lot of businesses by issuing a number of director penalty notices. I think the figure is over 70,000 to date and a lot of directors aren't really sure what to do about it and what they don't realize is if they ignore it, it won't simply go away. They're going to be personally liable for the tax debts that are incurred. Uh, yep, that's that's correct. We're just going to talk about what a director penalty notice actually is and what tax debts a director can be liable for um, and the circumstances about that because they, they change uh, depending on what a company does. So firstly, we'll just talk about what a director penalty notice actually is. And the reason why we're going to discuss director penalty notices is because they affect the director's personal financial position. So the purpose of this podcast is to just briefly examine what a, what a director can do, what a company can do, and to look at the options uh, possible in terms of whether to consider obtaining finance or to consider a formal uh, insolvency appointment option. So firstly, a company is required to meet its PAYG uh, withholding payments, its superannuation payments, and its GST obligations. A director penalty notice is issued by the Australian Taxation Office if a company fails to meet these obligations, which does make a director personally liable for these uh, taxes. So there are two director penalty notices, uh, the first being a non-lockdown director penalty notice, the second being a lockdown director penalty notice. So firstly, with a non-lockdown director penalty notice, that might be issued when a company's business activity statement and instalment activity statement has been lodged within three months of the due date or the superannuation guarantee charge has been lodged by the, the due date. So the importance of non-lockdown is when, uh, when the BAS and, and the IAC have been lodged. So they have to have been lodged, uh, but so, so the lodgements have been completed, but the obligations remain unpaid. Okay. So not lockdowns when obligations have not, sorry, the amounts have not been paid if yeah. everything's lodged. That's right. Yep. Okay. With, within the due date has, has to be lodged, uh, with, within that within that three months of, of that due date and the super, the, the term lockdown is when there's less options. Um, so a non-lockdown. Uh, you, you, uh, a director might receive a director penalty notice, and then you have um, you have to un undertake an option within 21 days of the notice being issued to either pay the debt in full or to appoint a an administrator, small business practitioner, or a liquidator to the company. Um, so, so you sort of have two options available with a lockdown DPN. That's when you haven't done your lodgements with, within uh, within three months of the due date, or the superannuation or the superannuation guarantee charge statements lodged uh, within the due date. 
and hasn't been paid, you'll get, you, you may be issued a direct pension notice. And the only option, because it's locked down, is to pay the debt in full. So the option of appointing an administrator, small business practitioner, or a liquidator has completely been removed because you haven't completed your lodgements and, and your obligations are still outstanding. Curiously, if they prove that paying those obligations at a lock, when they receive a lockdown notice is going to put them into financial hardship, can they then still further pursue that option uh, and you know, get a release for a portion of the debt? Oh, yeah, it it's, would really be up to the ATO. I wouldn't think the ATO would be giving out releases for, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't speak for the ATO, but the ATO wouldn't be um, allowing people out of debt just, just because of hardship. Okay. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I was reading about it um, where the ATO, if you can prove that paying the debt is going to incur you financial hardship by way of you know no food, no accommodation and things like that, then they will basically release a portion of the debt and make sure that they only give you enough debt. They'll still leave an amount for you to repay, but within your repayment schedule and your affordability. And I think that uh, if you have, it, they, they don't always give that to you. I think if you have got assets, of course, they expect you to liquidate and, and mm-hmm. pursue that whole process. And is that personal tax debt or company tax debt? I think it's personal tax debts. I think one of the best ways we can talk about options available to directors is through case studies. And Adam and I have prepared a few um, case studies where we'll go through, you know, the cases and the details at a high level. Of course, not all of this, we can't go into the full comprehensive details of each case, but we'll try and deal with it um, as a skeletal case. Hopefully that will help directors understand what their options might be at that point but after that we're going to go into pros and cons of restructuring and refinancing so that you've got all the options in front of you and you can see what might be the best course of action when faced with a dpn our first scenario is with 48 year old jennifer Jen runs a retail business and sells Lululemon-type sportswear. She has unpaid tax debt and no other outstanding liabilities through her business. She has received a direct penalty notice, and her tax debt amount is $50,000. Her cash flow position isn't too great. So from a restructuring perspective, Adam, how would you approach this, or what options do you think Jen has? Uh, Well, firstly, how did the tax debt come about what was the reason for the tax debt coming about are her lodgements up to date has she lodged her bass has she lodged her um, sgc statement um, on time what is the health of the actual business is this a failing business is this a business that's sort of on the way out is this a business that can be restructured to carry on is it just a i guess a blip in, in her business that can be easily recovered. Let's say that she has done her lodgements and the business future is iffy. She doesn't know which way it's going. Okay. I, I guess you'd have to have the hard chat to sort of see, does she want to carry on uh, with this business? Uh, because you sort of don't want to sort of get people in, involved, I guess, in restructuring to restructure a business only to see the business fail in, in 12 months time. Um, I guess you also don't want to advise a company, uh, I guess, from a finance perspective to, to take out more debt, to plug up a hole 
and you'll see them in 12 months just just needing more funds I guess yeah that's right I mean if her prospects of the business are iffy as a lender you're not really going to look at that as an investment and that's the interesting thing you know debt is an investment of sorts an investment in the success of the future of the business because that's the count that's where you're counting on being repaid so if Jennifer is not really confident about where the business is going a lender is not going to be looking at that favorably and she's not going to have many options. If her cash flow is poor as well, she won't be able to access the most unsecured type of debt that's available, which is a cash flow loan. Uh, and because she may not have other assets she wants to put into the business, uh, she's not sure where it's going, it's better that she doesn't you know, use her home uh, and use that as security just in case you know she ends up in a situation where she loses her property or loses control of the asset in order to repay debts that she was not confident that she could repay from the get-go. If she had to close down this business, say, and she's sitting there with $50,000 worth of tax debt for the company, Mm-hmm. Would she? How would she take care of that from that point? She has been issued a direct penalty notice, and it's um, as you said, she's done on a lodgement, so um, it's a non-lockdown DPN. Uh, she has well um, an option to appoint an administrator, small business restructuring practitioner, or a liquidator uh, to satisfy that that DPN. Uh, if she's looking at closing down the business and putting the company straight into liquidation and closing down that business, then that ATO debt uh, will not be repaid. She will also not be personal. Uh, she won't be personally uh, liable with that DPN. That DPN will have been um, satisfied. Okay, so through the process of appointing an agent, like the liquidator. The liquidator, yep. Yeah, she would be able to write off the $50,000 tax debt. Uh, she won't be personally liable because she would have satisfied one of the options of the non-lockdown DPN. Um, that ATO debt uh, will be a debt in the company's liquidation. Right. So it'll it'll still be a debt of the company. So let's go into a more positive situation for Jen. You know, her business is starting to pick up. She thinks it's just going to be another two to three months before she gets better cash flow. She's opening a store in a popular regional center where she's going to be the only sportswear brand available and she's anticipating um, a lot of business because it's a beach a beachy kind of environment you know there's a lot of people who love their lifestyle and their sportswear so she thinks that this is going to be it for her and that's going to give her the boost she needs for cash flow so from a lender's perspective is it Byron Bay might be (laughs) (laughs) who knows where it's going to be well, where is, where is the only sportswear brand? It's somewhere in Gerringong. So from a lender's perspective, if she's got a, a robust plan and something that looks prudent, something that looks like it makes sense to turn around sales and pick up her figures, we, as a lender, would absolutely look at that transaction and decide how we would structure it to help her uh, get rid of the tax debt by refinancing the tax debt into the company um, financials or into the balance sheet. So two options she could look at is secured unsecured debt at that point. Unsecured debt is based off cash flow. So if she's already seeing a pickup in cash flow as she's promoting the brand and promoting the store before it opens, we're going to see that we can use that cash flow to structure repayments, which will determine how much she can borrow. 
Alternatively, if she's got inventory, um, they'll probably there are asset lenders that will be able to lend up to fifty percent of the value of the inventory of all the items she's got in stock to help her with maybe raising the deposit for the um, store for to enter the lease, but also to pay out the tax debt of fifty k. So it'll come down to how promising the prospect is, what financial projection she's put there, how her accountant. Um, has managed to show a lender as well that there's the ability for her to repay the debt. And finally, you know, that she actually does anticipate her business picking up. Uh, and we can see that she anticipates that with prudent research. Sounds like a good a good strategy. I guess if I sort of had um, the same set of, of circumstances, um, I think with a debt, as though of around $50,000, you're sort of in the ballpark of either considering just obtaining um, some additional finance, um, but also considering potentially small business restructuring um, as an option. Um, you don't sort of want to get down the route of a voluntary administration to a DOCA, uh, a, a data company arrangement type scenario. You just don't want to be paying an insolvency pract practitioner's fees, legal fees, et cetera um when you could solve this problem with just a just just some additional cash but i think potentially small business restructuring uh could be could be um an option appoint a small business practitioner um put a proposal to the company's creditors um from this scenario this is just the ato with the tax set of fifty thousand dollars and and puts put some cash behind that proposal, which you might need financing for anyway, um, and see if the, um, the ATO and other creditors accept that small business restructuring proposal, make those payments to that proposal, and then the company should hopefully be on its way. All right, scenario two is interesting because it's got to do with developers. And I personally have worked with a lot of developers as a property lender, and they've gone through a few ups and downs recently. So this is a very realistic scenario. So a builder is experiencing cost overruns and is unable to complete their development project. They have got a DPN issued to them and they have tax debt of $200,000. There's $800,000 in debt to the construction lenders so far and $150,000 in debt to contractors. At the moment, they don't have good cash flow because everything's tied up in assets and they were hoping to get a great payout from completing this development on time and of course, and pay out the lender, pay out the supplier um, and there's, sorry, pay out the contractor and then there'd be no issues. But because of the cost overruns, they're a bit stuck and at the moment, the value of the site they're working on in that company is $1.4 million. So in this situation, the DPN is what's put the urgency now to attend to that tax debt. Before the developer or the builder was just working on um, basically completing the site and dealing with the cost overruns. So he's come to a halt with uh, the lender, obviously, because the lender is not distributing any more capital due to the cost overruns. And now he's also stuck because of the uh, tax debt. So how, what, I guess, what should he do, Adam? And let's say he's lodged everything on time as well. Okay. So first is it's a non-lockdown DPN. Okay. So, so going back to it's a non-lockdown DPN, uh, we know that 
the company slash director has two options. They can, he can either, he or she, sorry, uh, could either pay the debt or appoint an administrator, small business practitioner or liquidator, whereas a lockdown, uh, you're only on the one option to pay that $200,000 in tax debt. Uh, so firstly, just looking at this scenario, there is a lot of secured debt, uh, which makes uh, it an issue. Uh, I would also be concerned that there would be personal guarantees, and I'm sure you would have a look at that mm -hmm. um, as well. Yes, most lenders are taking personal guarantees, general security agreement, as well as because this is involving a site, the construction lender would have a first mortgage on Title II. Whether the contractor is a secured creditor or not is a different story. Cool. And then we'll see what if there might be if the restructuring option might be better or not. So we've got a builder with a site value of 1.4 million. The good thing about this is that because it's not complete, that site value is the as-is value of the land with the development approval on it. So if he was looking at refinancing that construction funder. And if the new incoming construction funder was happy to have the rollover of the insurances and the, the plan to date um, from the old funder, then he could potentially get himself out of this issue if the only issue was cost overruns rather than, you know, supply issues or any other issues that were facing the business because he's likely able to raise further capital from a second lender, taking over that debt, assuming that, say, the value on completion of the site's about two and a half million. So he might be able to borrow up to 70% of the future value of the site upon completion. And that will allow him to refinance the 800K, access a bit more capital to pay out the contractor and potentially the tax debt too. So it's going to come down to how he structures that. Actually, Adam, you can answer this. How long does he have to pay that debt once you receive the DPN? DPN? It's 21 days. 21 days. And if that means the you, money you can has... you can pay the debt or or do the other because it's non lockdown. You've got the two options with within the twenty one days of receiving the notice to either pay the debt or appoint um, an insolvency practitioner. So the difference, the reason for the DPN is the director, the director penalty. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the personal side of it. So if you appoint an insolvency practitioner, the personal liability element goes away. The company debt still is maintained mm -hmm. so the ato still has the power to issue a creditor statutory uh, demand for that amount and commence winding up proceedings to to put the company into liquidation through a court process okay okay in terms of me looking at insolvency options because there's the property i'm assuming the company and the director if um, he's got personal assets tied into it would want this site to be completed uh, for the benefit of this scenario, let's say he does want to continue this site. Let's make the assumption, which is which is probably true, that if you complete the site, you, you sell the site, complete it, and it's going to be worth a, a lot more than a, than a half-completed development site. I think appointing an insolvency practitioner sort of midway through the build uh, without additional finance it's going to put the insolvency practitioner in a tough spot um, as much as we'd like to continue the build, complete it and sell it for the highest price um, to, to return the most for both secured creditors and unsecured creditors. Uh, the question is, where are we going to get that money? 
to, right. to complete that project. So uh, we would like finance. Uh, we're, we're still we're still short of funds, so it would be a scenario to definitely have a look uh, at at your option to to obtain finance, then to sort of add another layer of an insolvency practitioner with with a half finished build. I understand. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that if he was to find a alternative lender that was willing to lend at a higher LVR on the completed value, then he should be able to pay out the tax debt first and then continue the project and maybe come to terms with the contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think maybe this one would be a refinancing option um, as long as he acted quickly and made sure that he took the steps as soon as he received the notice um, to start restructuring, well, refinancing his current debt, which is what's caused him to be at a standstill. Uh, And that will give him that immediate cash out for the ATO and hopefully a better profit margin in the future than if he had to sell the site uncompleted. And and you can sort of see um, with that that twenty one days to comply with the uh, director penalty notice um, to be able to speak to uh, someone who works in finance to to consider uh, obtaining extra loans um, and also to speak to an insolvency practitioner to look at the options. Um, you've got a lot of work to do to do so within that twenty one day period. So if you receive the director penalty notice, uh, make sure to not ignore it and um, to take action um, ASAP. Mm -hmm. And that's 21 days, days, right? Not 21 business days. 21 days. Yeah. 21 days. Yeah. You know, like how you've got the grudge where they're like seven days. Just imagine a little freaky (laughs) girl calling out of the well, getting closer to you. (laughs) Um, That'll put the pressure on. Looking at some of the advantages, especially uh, with the non-lockdown DPN is if you do uh, appoint an insolvency practitioner, you do avoid that personal liability. So as as we've said uh, earlier, if you do all your lodgements that are required to avoid that DPN, uh, make sure they're done within the required time. So you don't, uh, so you're not issued a lockdown DPN, which limits your options of appointing an insolvency practitioner to avoid that personal liability. Uh, you also don't want to be ob- obtaining finance to to pay the company's debts and, and and I guess increasing your own personal liability if the business is going to fail regardless, especially sort of looking at a business that uh, has has no sort of intention to carry on there's no point trying to to keep it going and increasing your personal liability. Um, an option might be to, to simply close down that business and move on. Just looking at the powers of ASIC to ban a uh, director of managing corporations. Um, if you've only... Uh, ASIC will only sort of look at disqualifying a person from managing a corporation uh, pursuant to Section 206F of the Corporations Act uh, if uh, an insolvency practitioner has been appointed to two or more of their companies. So if your business is sort of suffering cash flow issues, uh, has an increased tax debt, and you have received a DPN, 
because of the result of potentially COVID lockdowns or natural natural disasters. And it's only the one company that, that has appointed an insolvency practitioner. Uh, you're still able to manage other corporations. So, so that's definitely uh, a, a pro because I think a lot of people might be under the assumption that if one of their companies goes into liquidation, they can't manage companies anymore, uh, which, which is not the case. And it's, it's also important to, I guess, distinguish between a, a company's, company's finances um, and a, a com- I guess a company's financial position and your personal financial position. Um, just because you're the director of a company, they're, they're two very separate they're two very separate things. However, receiving an, an, a, an ATO DPN sort of removes that corporate fail and does make you you personally liable. So just when you're sort of having a look at your finances, make sure you definitely separate your company's finances uh, from your personal, your personal finances. You know, and it is very important um, who you speak to at a time like that because, you know, you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of time. You want to make sure you're talking to somebody who's going to explain the situation to you accurately, make sure you understand your options, and then give you the information you need to make the best decision. So whether that's talking to a lender, um, an insolvency practitioner, or both to get your your full picture or what options may be available to you uh, I recommend doing so and of course Adam um, is one of the best insolvency practitioners I know Um, definitely has the most integrity of a lot of practitioners out in the market and I definitely recommend speaking to him thank you Mm -hmm. cheers I think we've covered a lot of points and a lot of information for everyone to digest. Um, I think the best thing to do is also, you know, look at your situation as an individual situation. Everybody's different um, and really take the action you need to take that's best for your business, depending on the conditions you're facing. So everything we've said today is just very general information. Um, You know, this is not advice uh, and it's basically just information that you can keep in mind if you're facing a DPN. So I think that's basically a wrap up for our episode on tax debt and what directors can do when they receive a director penalty notice. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week.